This podcast is brain powered by the University of Sydney. We are controlling transmission. Sleep Geeks, Dr. Carl, and Alan Spencer. How are you going, Sleep Geek? You're on the Sleep Geek podcast with uh, Adam Spencer and Dr. Carl. Just before we get into uh, the subject matter this week, Carl, you've been good enough to pass me your phone. I want my, to ch- my large masculine phone, thank you. I want to check something about something I said in last week's podcast to check that it was c- correct. It something mm. just occurred to me when I got in here today that I mentioned it last week. I was going to look it up. I didn't get around it. You've got one of these bigger. This is a we, – we can mention brands. This is an iPhone this is a 6. Six plus, thank you. Six plus. Six plus. Can you hear my deep testosterone fueled voice now that I've got the six plus? I've still got the old uh, iPhone 5. If the good people from Apple are listening to the Sleek Weeks podcast, I love Apple products. Ah, I mean, they're to, awesome. Yeah, they, they have an interesting philosophy. Did you ever read the, what was it called, the Human Integration Guide back in the 1990s? They wrote this. I it's did a, not. It's a 20 meg document and you can download it. And it has on it, it was made by a bunch of people, including. Computer geeks and painters and philosophers and sculptors and physiologists, and they they worked out ways that you could work with a computer without having to read the instruction manual. And many people do not know that the iPhone actually has an instruction manual because they just pick it up and they start using it. And so one of the things that they say is that the same button should always do the same thing every time and the same action should do the same thing and everything should be obvious. And as an example of that, do you remember back to a thing called Windows XP? Did you I do. Right? And down in the bottom left-hand corner, there was a command. It had, it had a, a name and you had to click on it to shut the computer down. Do you remember the name of that command that you had to click on to shut the computer down? What was it? Start. There you go. So if you wanted to switch off the computer, you had to look for something that meant the exact opposite. Nice. Apple would never do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And how many phones did you want color, uh, sent and in what colour? Yeah, exactly. You know where to find us, yeah, actually, right. Geeks. I, and, and I love Microsoft stuff too. Send oh, it to me. They're good Samsung. Too. Awesome. Uh, I was checking because last week we had a Twitter question from Patrick yes. James Rafter. Uh, we, we'd set ourselves the task of getting through a slew of Twitter questions. We got through one from Pat Rafter. And before we got around to answering the question, I questioned you because sport's not your strongest suit. And you impressed weakest, me. Weakest. You impressed me with your knowledge of Pat Rafter. You had to guide me through. You needed to be. I got bit. it wrong about the ball. You don't shine it, you bounce it. Yeah, but you did all right. You did all right. That was good for me. But the thing is, the phones are too big. Oh yes, we'll get, oh yes, yes. I'll, I'll ask you about that in yeah. a second because I, 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 I had mentioned that Pat Rafter won two U.S. Opens, and I said I was pretty sure he defeated the big serving Canadian later British Greg Rosetsky and mm. uh, and Mark Philippoussis. And I just want to go on record as saying I was right. Oh. I'm pleasantly surprised I remember that about Pat Rafter. No offence to Pat, but that was a bit of a that was in the recesses of my memory. Yeah. Now this is one of the bigger phones. Yes. What's because there was a bit. Some people when it went to this big size, some people now call this a phablet. It's halfway between a phone and, and a tablet. tablet. Yeah. Some thought it might have been a size too far. They might have been pushing it going this big, clunky to carry around, or you know, hard to use with just one hand getting your thumb all the way across the screen. How do you find the bigger phone? I like the bigger phone because firstly, it has a bigger battery, so I can get two days and sometimes even three days out of it. Oh, nice. And secondly, the screen is so large, I can actually use it for reading decent amounts of documentation. Yep. But the disadvantage is putting it into the pocket. There are some of my trousers that it simply will not fit into. And that, that the old phone would have. Yeah, yeah and, okay. In fact, my daughters gave me for my birthday some... Stretch denim trousers. Hello. Really stretchy, and th- therefore I can't put anything in the pocket. And so they gave me this um, man bag, 
Yep. Exhibit A, man oh, bag, yes. with a bunch of eyes on and everything else. And so I've been learning how to use a man bag, a handbag thing, and there's a few problems with it. With, with a man bag? With, with any handbag. Like The thing is that you keep, you keep on shoving stuff in there and you can't find it. And I mentioned this to my wife and my daughter, and they said, yes. And then, <laughs> and then I said, can you have compartments? And they said, yes, but then you can't put as much stuff into it. Uh. And then I said, now, look, I've just had to do this. Is this a common behaviour that you as a human female with a handbag have to do? You find a large, clean, horizontal surface, and then you just tip your bag upside down in an effort to find everything inside it. And they said, yes. Yeah. So I'm trying to find a technological solution for this. Maybe something to do with... Wi-Fi or Bluetooth that you can identify in there. Because with IPv6, the new version of internet addressing, we have moved from having 4.6 billion potential internet addresses, which is actually fewer than the number of people on the planet, to something like 18 octillion. Wow. Which means, in plain English, that each grain of sand on Earth could have a trillion internet addresses. And so if you go to the supermarket and you buy your can of sugared brown cola drink and then you get the tin and then you throw it away, somebody can go along later and say, ah, that was sold to Adam Spencer in this store on such and such a day and send you a $400 fine. Ah, because that that phone has its own... It, it, oh, that, sorry, that can. Has its own identification. In fact, we are, oh. as I mentioned before, we are in the last generation to lose or to have had privacy. And, in fact, this then changes the whole world of cybercrime because what we've got is a situation where the crims are the earlier adopters. Now, think of just plain old robbery. Yep. I know that Adam walks down with his huge bag of money at the end of working for, yes. for the ABC. I mm. mean, I believe that when you were working for the ABC, you refused to get out of bed for less than $1,200 a year. Exactly. Yeah, I know. <laughs> right, and so you know, the, so I, I, I borrow or I buy a gun or a knife, and I wait yep. in the alley, and you come back down the street mm. with your two dollars fifty. You're there in your in your stretchy denim pants with your man bag, looking all rough and ready. But the trouble is, I can. With, it's a good business model because I've stolen the gun or, the, or I've stolen the knife, yeah, and, and I get all of your income, but I can only rob about four or five people a day. Yep. Roll forward to 2013 and a 17-year-old child kid male Mm. in Russia decides that he's going to hack his way around and bust into somebody big. Minor problem, he's got no idea how to do any computer stuff at all. So he then goes on the web and he buys and then downloads the software. He then hacks into the US retailer Target and then robs the details of one-third of the American population who happened to go to Target, and then manages to rob, in one afternoon, 20 million people out of that 100 million people. And this is someone who was a complete amateur cyber hacker just a matter of days beforehand. That's right. See the, see the difference in the role model? Economies so, of scale. Oh, yeah. So now we're ending up with a situation where the crims, as always, are the early adopters of new technology. Mm-hmm. And so they had mobile phones, or for our American listeners, cell, cell phones. phones. Cell phones, which I actually like as a better, better name for them. Give me on my cell. And they are now adopting it. So, for example, in America recently, the FBI uh, busted a guy who was loading explosives into drones with the specific purpose of flying them into the Pentagon, the White House, and, the ABC, and, and their Capitol building, and a woman in Seattle was nude and uh, changing her clothes. This happens when you take one lot off and then the yep. next lot on. 
Although there might be, my daughters have showed me a way that you can take clothes off and put others That's on. That's another podcast. Keep right. going. Um, and nevertheless, so, um, and she noticed that there was a drone outside her window on the 25th floor. Uh-huh. Called up the cops. Cops say, we've got no idea. They don't have the tools. And already you, you, you can be in a situation where your car tires via a hacker can kill you. Your car tires yeah. via a hacker can kill you. Now, neither you nor I have a expensive late model German luxury high speed car, but they not do, yet. Not but if yet. you're listening, manufacturers, <laughs> but nevertheless, we'll name it if you send us one. <laughs> Two, <laughs> but nevertheless, they have this technology where they measure the pressure in the tire mm-hmm. with some sort of device, a little yep. tiny device, and they don't have wires because back to the computer because the tire is spinning so fast. So they use Bluetooth, yep. which is, you know, two and a half gigahertz radio frequency, and it's short range to talk to the mother computer. Do you remember the five-word motto of, fa- of Facebook in the early days? Move fast and break stuff. Mm-hmm. In other words, get the software out, don't worry about the security, just get the heck out there. Yep. Right? And so um, there's no security. And so the experiment was done a few years ago in America where they drive up beside a car who is driven by one of their guys, which has all of this Bluetooth technology, and they don't do anything to the tyres. Mm-hmm. And the advantage of the technology is it says, oh, by the way, Adam, your right front tyre's got a slow leak. Make sure you drop it in soon. Yep. Right? Um, and so they, they then bust it into the mother computer via Bluetooth from the car in the, in the next lane on the interstate. Wow. Switched off the brakes. Hit the accelerator up to 100 miles an hour. So made that car, made that yeah. car out of control uh, by sitting alongside. Many cars now have not just full, in the old days, mechanical steering yeah. or later on hydraulically assisted. Now they've moved to electric steering. Yeah. Tell the computer the right compa- commands, it'll steer anywhere you want. Move back to a few months ago where... Because in the James yeah. Bond films, you had to pull up alongside and then hit the button so that out of your wheel came like the rotating knife. Yeah. That you could spin across and pop the tyres. You don't even need to do that now. You can just pull up alongside and send in a fact, command to the mother computer. Yeah, in fact, that went back to Ben-Hur. Yeah, yeah. Technology. Chariot race. Yeah. And in fact, do you know that in the Colosseum they used to be able to flood it? Yes. I didn't know that. I'm going there later this year. No, they used to... Is that true? They could actually literally flood the Colosseum? They used to, in the same way they had chariot races, they would flood it. And I I think Nero, could have been Caligula, one of the ones that was a little bit Mm. bit, interesting, Uh, they used to flood it. And in the same way that one of the emperors, one of the completely obsessed emperors, used to have these chariot races where he would race everyone else and always win because he had, like, 12 horses <laughs> on this giant V8 chariot and they had like a pony <laughs> dragging along, you know, like a golf buggy. With a lead weight behind oh, it. I won again. Well done, Nero. Good work. They could flood it and they would they would, wow. they would would reenact that, have epic sea battles. 2,000 years ago. In the Colosseum. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was in the States a while ago where they have, uh, we went to the Staples Centre to watch an NBA basketball game. In what state? Uh, that's in Los Angeles. Yep. We watched the Los Angeles Clippers. And that's also the same Staples Centre where they play ice hockey. No. In the same venue, they can turn around from basketball to ice hockey. They can play two games in the same centre. They can play a game of basketball and a game of ice hockey on the same day. No. They can turn wow. it around if they need. I think it's quicker to go from 
basketball to ice hockey slightly than the other way back. I'll explain how they go in a second. Mm. They can turn it around in about four hours. What actually slows them down in turning it around any faster than that is cleaning the venue and getting the new merchandise in, getting the basketball the merchandise merch. out oh, and the, the hockey merch, merch in. Because what happens is under the basketball surface, a couple of metres below, is a permanently frozen ice hockey rink. Oh. And after the basketball, they strip away the surface and elevate the ice hockey rink. Elevate it? But how do they keep it dead flat over such a huge area? Yeah. and uh, they, they, Expensive technology. Yeah, and then they come wow. through and wipe it down before they start. And then or they drop away the ice hockey to bring in the basketball. So your basketball ice hockey in the same venue is similar as, as far as I'm concerned to Coliseum, water wow. and non-water sports. But that was connected to Ben-Hur. That was connected to sitting alongside a car. And then modern hacking. Modern day chariot race hacking into the mothership, yes. Yeah, and a few months ago in Los Angeles an investigative journalist who had a high-powered, I think it was a Porsche, mm-hmm. and who never drove it badly, suddenly accelerated up to 120 miles an hour and drove into a wall and killed himself. Ooh. Ooh. Or maybe he didn't. Ooh. Conspiracy theories. We're talking about your big phone. The other thing that people said about the big phone, one of the problems some people thought they'd have when the phone went to sort of phablet size mm. was with, with the, the current, I've, I've got something around the size of an iPhone 5, mm. mainly because it's an iPhone 5. I can with one hand. Oh, poor thing. Oh, sorry. Oh, I'm old school. Well, I've sent some caviar packages around. I can, I can walk along with that in yeah. one hand, yeah. do all my functions, type out messages, et cetera. My thumb quite easily gets across the full range of the screen holding it in one hand. People said when you went to the larger phone, it would be difficult to use only one-handed because your thumb can't really get all the way across that wider distance to the other side of the phone. And I read reviewers predicting that every time you wanted to send a text or anything, you'd have to hold it in one hand and type with the finger of the other hand would become a little bit inconvenient after... A while, so you've got the problem with the bigger, you know, the pocket size and the man bag. Is it is it a little bit more tedious sometimes typing in internet addresses or typing out text than not, it was? Not for me because I do the voice technology thing, uh-huh. where it talks to the mothership you and they Siri take a recording of it, and which means I have lost that privacy, uh-huh. which I didn't have anyway. I just realised I only worked out recently something that was confusing me. What was that? When I sell books. Oh, what's the name of your latest book? Uh, my book, The Big Book of Numbers. Oh, that one. Available through my website, adamspencer.com.au. Adamspencer.com, is it? If someone listening to our Sleep Geeks podcast right now, if you went to adamspencer.com.au and ordered one of my Big Book of Numbers, mm. when you purchase it through the website, because that's how you get the autographed copy, when you do that, I get sent a confirmation email to me saying an order's just come through, so I know to you know, dispatch it and all that. So mm. that's, not, that's not unusual. So my, my phone receives an email from myself. Wow. Right? So the sender on the email is Adam Spencer. Mm. That's, that's fine. But then I started getting emails coming to me from idiot, <laughs> I-D-I-O-T. Idiot. And then I started getting wow. emails coming to me from Pumpkinhead. And, but they were these same emails about selling the book. And I'm thinking what something is weirdly hacked into my system or corrupted such that it's now calling itself. And I had no idea why this was happening until the other day we were driving along 
and I had the two girls in the car with me. Oh, the two and, girls. And, and, and they get a little bit bored on the trip, so they'd asked if they could borrow the iPad. Mm-hmm. And being a nerdy dad, I said, well, you know what the rules are? If you want to watch a Katy Perry video or whatever, you have to do a little bit of quick math first. There's a fantastic app called Quick Math that I have on the uh, iPad, and it just throws maths questions at them, and they answer with their finger on the touchscreen, and they love it. Ah. Right, well, I make them love it. Yes. Or at least they will. You have to do 10 minutes of quick math before you can do, you know, mm-hmm. you know, brain corrosive stuff on the iPad. So they did the 10 minutes of quick math, and then I thought Olivia was going to start watching Katy Perry videos or Taylor Swift or the sort of stuff she's into. And instead, ah. she played this game with Siri, the voice recognition software that Apple have got, and all these different devices have them. Mm-hmm. And she'd ask, she, uh, she enjoys asking Siri silly questions. And a lot of the time the voice thing just says, can't answer that, oh, sorry, I don't understand. But sometimes you can ask it silly questions and it will answer back. So mm-hmm. she'll ask, you know, Siri, would you marry me? <laughs> and Siri would say, look, I don't think that would be appropriate. And Olivia thinks that's <laughs> hilarious. And one of the things she does now is she'll say to Siri, Siri, my name is Pumpkinhead. Could you please call me Pumpkinhead? <gasps> and Siri will say, of course I will, Pumpkinhead. What a lovely name. And then their conversation continues. Wow. Siri stores that the user of that iPad is no longer Adam Spencer. No. It's now Pumpkinhead. Wow. So the next time that device sends an email or my phone, because it's linked to the iPad, sends an email to itself, yep. I receive an email from Pumpkinhead. Oh, my God. That's why my phone was sending me emails from these weird, random, sometimes slightly scatological names. And back in the old days, the biggest problem was who didn't put the milk back in the fridge, and now it is, how come I'm getting emails from myself under a different name? Indeed. Oh, my heavens. Crazy world in which we live. What's up? Twitter time. Yeah. Come on. So, Carl, can I just say, with, with, as we come to the end of this Sleek Geeks podcast, with this this is quite special. Ah. Because listeners to the last couple of podcasts will remember that a couple of podcasts ago I said, we're not going to do our normal topic. We're now just going to actually go through some of the backlog of awesome questions we've been sent on Twitter, at Sleek Geeks. People, and, can, yeah. people can tweet us questions. We answer them. We love it. That's right, because right, it's not the answer that gets you the Nobel Prize. It's the question. Indeed. And we, were, we sent a great question, and we were going to go through a list of questions, and we got sent a question by Ben. It was such an awesome question. We only got through that question. We thought that was a little bit embarrassing. Right. So we came back last week, and I said, come on, this time we're going to get through a list of questions. And we only got through one question from Pat, who wasn't Pat, Pat Rafter, Pat the Rafter. tennis player, but Pat Rafter. That was pretty embarrassing. So I pledged this week we'd come back and get through a series of questions. Carl, this week we haven't got through one Twitter question. We haven't? We've got through zero. Uh, Okay. So next week, next podcast. Yes. You can take this to the bank, Sleek Geekers. Next podcast we are going to get through more than one Twitter question. More than zero? By definition. <laughs> Speak with you then, sleek geekers. We are controlling planets. Don't understand what's going on here. Sleek geeks. <laughs>